The Tuesday Club with Sean, Kyle and Shane. Hello, it's that time of the week. We're here. It's me, Sean Holly, Kyle Reese, and the legendary Shane Williams. It's the Tuesday Club. We're back uh, broadcasting to you from our homes on Zoom, bringing it to you on YouTube, Acast, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and whatever else you can find it on. How are you doing, boys? Good, good. I want to ask you, Sean, um, what are you wearing? I'm wearing... My Japanese Rugby World Cup 2019 T-shirt, because you and I were there. Only you can understand that. And I'm also wearing my jammers. <laughs> what have you got on, mate? That's funny you should say that, actually. <laughs> Almost says Hallster as well. So, Go on, it, Kyle. Hang on, are they, Chris- on, are they Christmas jammers, Shane? They are, mate. We, are, we haven't even done Halloween yet. We haven't even done Halloween. Come on. I got. A co- I don't give two hoots. Bye. Cobra Kai T-shirt. I got on. I the need. I hope you've got clothes on. Wheels. Oh my goodness, lad. Wheels. <laughs> you know, Kyle came up to the. Um, Kyle and I are training a bit at the moment. He's doing brilliantly, right? But a personal trainer, and he's working hard, trying to get ready for his wedding next November. And um, he came up earlier. And we, we've had this all week on the group, Shane, me, and you. Uh, oh, he. Um, what did is the new Welsh kit being launched? Um, couldn't give a monkey's my reply, Shane. Don't know. Oh, Shane, Shane, does it really, you know, matter to the players when a new kit comes? It makes you feel good, play better. No, not really, pal. But he comes up to the train tonight, though, right? He's got a Wales t-shirt on. He's got Wales shorts. He's got red socks. He's got red daps. He says, can you see what I'm dressed as? I said, no. He said, first day in camp for boys today, isn't it? Dressed in Wales. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I'm a fan, man. I can't help I can't help my emotions and my feelings and how strong I am a fan of Welsh rugby. I can't help it, okay? Especially Wales. That's who I am, and if you don't like it, then, you know, go and jump on the podcast with James Askell and them boys. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> what, what a flanker. <laughs> Look, I, I have got to be honest, mate. I meet, I meet a lot of uh, Welsh fans, mad taffs as we call them, but you are up there with... <laughs> The most clean off and <laughs> loyal Welsh fans. So I'll give you that one, mate. Fair play. Mate, I think that f- up there with the um, Japanese guy you met in the street with the, who had four cameras in his bag. Remember that? <laughs> well, he's he's up there. You didn't you didn't see Kyle with me in California, did he? Just wouldn't uh, leave me go. Like you know, just he was he was all over me. It was unbelievable. But we had some fun anyway. Yeah, not quite like that Japanese fella. What a day that was. I want to hear about that. Come on, tell me about the Japanese fella with the four cameras. Have you seen it? No. Oh, class. It's uh, yeah, World Cup. Um, not the last World Cup, obviously. It was it was when Wales were hosting as well back in 2015. And um, yeah, I was I was I was outside the the Principality Stadium by the Cardiff uh, the Arms Park entrance there, and I could see this fella running from a hundred yards, and I knew what was coming right, and. <laughs> If, if people thought I had good feet and I could sidestep, this guy sidestepped about 13 cars and, and about 10 trucks <laughs> crossing that road. How no one hit him, I have no idea. And the worst thing was, I was doing a piece for, I think it was probably BBC or something at the time, and he came up as we were filming, just just wanted this picture. I honestly thought he was going to have a heart attack. It was unbelievable. I was looking around for Jeremy Beadle because 
it, it just it was that crazy he looked stage but uh, in <laughs> fairness you know I've, I've bumped into that guy once in london since and i met him twice in japan how crazy is that that's so mad he's stalking him man but basically, yeah. he tell you, he's asking Shane, you know, can he have a photo? Oh, oh, oh there's his phone. You know, then he's, t- he's literally taking photos in front of his face like this. And he goes in his rucksack, he gets another one out. And Shane's hanging around, he's going, he says, says the camera, he's probably got about four cameras in there. <laughs> ah, they're fanatical. It's a better, fanatical better story. story. I think the first time I met Shane, I gave him a piggy bank to the train station. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Yeah. No, <laughs> right. Oh my God, Shane William, jump on my back. I'll carry you. And he did as well. I was landed. Took photos of that. Wales. Hey, talking, talking of Wales, uh, Wales and first day in camp. Uh, squad was, has been announced since uh, last week's episode. Any thoughts on it, Shane? Um, pretty much. Uh, I'd say about ninety percent of that. I I kind of expected. Yeah. Um, Our pals in. Yeah, yeah, Lewis was Lewis, and call him Lewis now, can I? Lewis Rizamedi, he was he was going to be in, wasn't he? Come on, um, it'd be shocking if they'd have left him out. Um, Johan Lloyd as well. Yeah, um, he was a bit of a left fielder, I think. Oh, yeah, Jared Evans is out. I didn't see that one coming, if I'm honest. But I think you know he plays in a number of positions, doesn't he? He's yeah. full of confidence. He's a cracking little player, and probably like Rizamedi during the Six Nations, we'll have. Loads of experience and enjoy his time in camp. Um, and Josh McLeod as well. I, he, he has been playing well for, for the Scarlets for sure, but he kind of just snuck in under the radar, he you know, did, didn't he? Yeah, James Davis and a few other players. But James been injured, I suppose. But yeah, that was uh, I didn't see that one coming, but otherwise, you know, yeah, yeah. Johnny Williams is the other one for me. Um, he'd only played two games since the restart for Scarlets, he'd been signed from Newcastle. Big lad, good lad, and has done well, really. But uh, straight in, yeah, you know, be interesting to see, really. Uh, I thought Shane Lewis Hughes might have uh, snuck in, uh, yeah. big physical six, but there's time for him yet. There's plenty of time. Uh, weekend back on TV, both of us. Uh, you did the Ospreys. What happened there, mate? Well, we thought, hello, beat Edinburgh away, but don't tell me it's another false dawn, is it? Uh, look, I um. I went into that game thinking, oh, this is great. You know, there's a good buzz down here. They've put Edinburgh to the sword in Murrayfield. Awful conditions. Three tries. Here we go. Back to the good old days. And um, right from the kickoff to the 80th minute, I don't think I've witnessed such a, a poor performance. Goodness and um, look, it, it pains me to say it because, you know, I'm, I, I still support the boys. You know, I'm, I'm still mates with Alan Wynn and Tips and Webby and the boys and, I just don't know what it was. They made so many handling errors, so many mistakes. They couldn't keep the ball past three phases. Um, the kicking game was poor. And Ulster just played played in the right areas and, and pinned the Ospreys in their own half. Yeah. And um, I think if the Ospreys were still there now, playing that game, they still wouldn't have scored a try. Even with Ulster <laughs> being there. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think, I think the groundsman would have stopped them, right? It was... <laughs> Uh, it, honestly, it pains me to say it was it was awful. But look, the thing is, they, they've shown to me against Edinburgh they can play well. Yeah. They had a good game plan. Their defence was awesome, and it won them the match in poor conditions. So uh, you know, I, I picked them to win. I picked them to win by about ten points, and um, I think we all did. Everyone in the studio yeah. picked an, an Osprey win. Well, you were, didn't we you after last week? 
we were nowhere near it, and um, it was a shame, real shame. Well, I had a sample. I went up to Glasgow uh, for Scarlet's game, um, but aside from the game, which I enjoyed, I had a sample of what a lot of these people on the front line have been doing day in, day out, and basically wearing a mask all day. Mm. So, you know, from getting to the airport, mask on, and then keep it on through the uh, departure lounges, keep it on on the plane, um, back into the Glasgow airport, on into a taxi, you know, mask on, into the stadium, tested, mask on all the time. And it was blinking, it was irritating me, particularly on the plane. I thought, God, I'm struggling with, you know, just breathing all the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, check at the, at the stadium. Right up and through the production meetings that we have before, you know, the briefings, mask on, separated in a stand, you know, nowhere to go. Right up until rehearsal, take them off for rehearsal and we distance, don't we? And then back on. I even, right, me and Al Kellogg, we, when you do this, uh, the pitch side, Kyle, you run then up to commentary, the, the lead commentator that starts with the team sheets and then yeah. you get into position. She yeah. get into position. So me and Al Kellogg get into position like that. And you've got a lip mic and you start talking. A security guard comes behind, taps me on the shoulder. He says, get your mask on. <laughs> I said, I'm commentating. Man. <laughs> uh, luckily, Al Kellogg is a bit of a Glasgow legend. Uh, he Al, Al big Al Kellogg. You talk like, how's it going, yeah, Sean? Uh, it's a great game today. Uh, absolutely fantastic great. here for, uh, for for the Ospreys. I'm not playing so well today, you know. Well, how's that? I think that's pretty good, mind. That was sound like Bill McLaren. <laughs> Bill McLaren, I can yeah, do Ken so Bruce. So I, 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 I only wanted to say that you know, because it, for one day, I can't mourn for one day. We got back on the plane and the stewardess, you know, come on the tannoy and she said, look, I know you don't like wearing masks. She said, it's my fifth flight of the day. Uh, I pretty much had it on yeah. for the best part of 11 hours, she said, and, uh, you know, just do it. <laughs> I thought, good on you, you know, it was half past 10 in the night the flight was, so I thought, well, fair play, just, just keep your mask on, will you? No. But as for the game, Scarlet's out of just out of contention for what, 40 45 minutes, and then Sam Lowsey decides to do uh, a shoulder in the chin tackle, uh, gets sent off, and then they started to play. And really, they could have they could have got back in it, but for a bit of good glass of defense. And Ken Owens running into three defenders and nearly dislocating his shoulder. I don't know how he is today, but he didn't look too good. No. Uh, bad news for for Wales and the Scarlets. If uh, I hope you like the sheriff, but uh, yeah, disappointing. And then, um, well, well, at least we had wins from the Blues and the Dragons, who who, who had good wins. They started well, haven't they? Blues. Yeah, I've um, I enjoyed watching the Blues. Um, Josh Adams had another stormer again. Um, he set up a few tries and he's really establishing himself now as yeah. uh, as the go-to man. Um, but I watched. I, I I like watching the Blues play. When they play with confidence, they got such talent in that back line. You know, whether it's Owen Lane playing or it's uh, Matthew Morgan or, or you know whoever is Jared uh, Evans, um, they enjoy. You can see as soon they they get excited when they get a ball in their hand, hands, especially with turnovers and things like that, and they're great to watch. Just sometimes the discipline in the in a forward and I don't know. It's just they're frustrated they must be if you support the blues they must be yeah. really frustrating to watch i think yeah. not but as frustrating as the ospreys yeah <laughs> yeah well yes even, even worse then i suppose <laughs> but um but you know connacht are a very very good team that that came to cardiff to, to win that match you know make no bones about it so um yeah it's it, you know 
one really poor performance. Scarlets, you know, played for half. And, uh, you know, Dragons made a really entertaining game again, didn't they? That was a cracker. Yeah, they did. And <laughs> well. So, um, keeping us on our toes. It's, it's good as well. I like to see, obviously, Josh Adams now. He's been in form for a couple of seasons. Brilliant. Well, more than a couple of seasons because... He was like, he had this sort of curve that Lewis Rizam is having now, I feel like. He was scoring tries for, it was Worcester he was playing for, wasn't it? Yeah. He was scoring tries for them, and, and obviously then he made uh, the Welsh team. What I noticed on the game as well was, on Saturday night, was he was like always talking. He was telling people what to do, where to go. He was always shouting at his teammates. So if he can translate that into the Welsh team, then, I mean, you know, well, what what a player he's going to be as well. I mean, what a player he is now, but it's encouraging to see that as well from somebody who's only really established himself as a starting winger for Wales in the last sort of couple of seasons. So that was good. I'd like to see that. Um, yeah, I know what that'll do with him. That'll elevate him as a player as well because, you know, there's nothing worse than being in a team, especially when you're, you just get into it in a team, you're quiet, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. When you become... And more of an established player, and you've got the chat, and you're and you're one of the experienced players, and um, you know the leading players there. You can almost dictate what you're going to do. Mm. You know, you can tell outside halves. Oh, look, right, I, I'm coming on the inside shoulder this time, right? So remember, I'm an option rather than just stay up the wing, not say anything, and finish off tries. Yeah. No, it's not the seventies. That doesn't happen anymore. So what Josh Adams will do, and and I used to do it. You know, I I go to the centre and I tell I I tell um. Sonny Parker or something. Sonny, just hit the line hard, and if you need me, I'm on your outside shoulder. Or Gav, where are you going? I'm going on a, I'm going on a upward curve. Right, okay. Well, I'm I'm an option on your inside, and then sometimes I get the ball instead of Gav because I've run that line. So you, you get a bit more clever the older you get, and um, I think Josh is getting to that now because he's confident. He's scoring tries for fun. He's almost dictating how the teams are playing to suit him, and yeah. that's why you see him. He's so busy as well. Yeah. He comes off his. Off his wing, he's on the left, he's on the right. Doesn't matter what number he's got on his jersey, he's working hard to get involved in that game, and um, he'll only become a better player for it. So it's good to see. Almost sounds Shane like you know what you're talking about. Brilliant. Now then, brilliant stuff. Um, Well, more rugby coming up later in the show, and obviously next episode we've got some great guests coming up on the Tuesday Club and we've got a very special one this week as well we've got Welsh BAFTA award winning Welsh actor Jack Parry Jones coming up next on the Tuesday Club Hello, welcome back to Tuesday Clubs. Me, Sean Holly, with Kyle Reese, Shane Williams. We've got a very special guest. As you know, we mix our rugby with showbiz, entertainment, directors, producers, actors, and we've got a brilliant Welsh actor on with us this week. Star of Da Vinci's Demons, Holby City, Bang, the bilingual drama that we've seen on S4C and a Welsh BAFTA award winning for the fantastic Mood Dogs. We've got the one and only Mirtha Bond, Jack Parry Jones. How are you doing, Jack? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what a build-up. I'm like that guy. Uh, and now, <laughs> you're not in Merthyr, though, but you're in um, North London. In yeah, flat. in North London. In North London. Locked in? Um, I am, I am. Yeah. <laughs> this is going, cool, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, 
I've kind of got free 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 reign up here, though it's not it's not too too bad. It's not it's not like back in Wales. Like, you know, my my grandparents and my uncle and everything like that, they're all they're all stuck at home. They can't they can't do anything. They're going out of their mind. I think I think my auntie has painted her house like fifteen times by this point. Man, if you had shares in like Crown Paints or Dulux, you'd be laughing because everybody's <laughs> oh, yeah. painted everything, I think. Yeah. yeah. Renovating, isn't it? I tell you all right, well, we're all we're all in Wales looking out to England thinking Boris is just bungling away and just giving mixed messages and we're all just locked in. Oh, but the man the man hasn't got a clue. He hasn't got a clue. But you know, my my mother works in um my mother's up, up here as well, so she works in uh the Royal Free Hospital. Um and she was she was looking after some of the first COVID patients and like she went to the Nightingale Hospital and all and all of that stuff and she's just like it's yeah, it's really, really tough to see what she she has to put up with. And then you've got people, you know, denying the COVID's even a thing. And she's she's seen it, you know. So it's like I got family members denying the COVID's a thing. <laughs> You're just like, what? <laughs> mental man. Absolutely mental. Ball game up there though, isn't it? I think you're all in such confined spaces. Like back home with me where I live, we you know, the town itself at the moment, we're not in lockdown. Um, we don't really see firsthand, you know, the, um, what COVID's doing. Um, yeah. You know, the small amount of people that have been ill because of it. And uh, and so but, you know, when we hear stories of London and Nottingham and Manchester and except or Merthyr, you <laughs> 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 just, we're just, honestly, we're just like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's, it seems to be happening everywhere else but here at the moment. But, you know, it's 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 scary, isn't it? Like you say, if your mother's working in these hospitals and sees it firsthand, and I've got friends that work in hospitals, you know, it, it's just crazy that people don't even, you know, acknowledge the fact that it's it's about. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You got people not not wearing masks. You got people like you got people wearing masks in incorrectly. That drives me nuts. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing the pressure that is putting on on my mother and she's seeing the pressures that is put on everyone around her um but yeah they're just trying to make sure that whenever anything hits again that they're they're ready for it um yeah but yeah i'll just give a shout out to my mother hello cora we'll give her a clap as well we did all those claps on our doorsteps we'll give her a clap boy sweet i think so we'll give her a clap well done jack's mom well done jack's mom so, Jack, what's happening? How, how have you been? Obviously, you just said, no, you haven't been back since February, uh, back to Wales, that is. Um, yeah. We worked, uh, uh, well, briefly together last year before Christmas, before all this happened. How's it been this year for you, mate? Obviously, myself being an actor, I have done anything this year. But what's it been like? Have you been up there since the start? Have you, have you started having, you know, meetings for work now or what's going on? Um, I've had a couple of, like, self-tapes come through, but there's no... Uh, there's no kind of meetings or anything like that. I think I think everything's going to be done over Zoom now for the future, um, which is which is really weird, isn't it? But I suppose it's more convenient because I suppose if you're living in Wales like you are, you're not going to have to travel up to London just for like yeah. you know a ten a ten minute meeting and then go back home for two hours on on the train. So no, I don't quite, mind. It's a day it's a day nice. off the building site for me. I quite like those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it does make you think. I mean, why weren't why weren't we doing it before? Because it is so much easier. I mean, we can see each other, 
we can yeah. we can see our body language our facial expressions you know understand what you're saying it, you know it makes you think really doesn't it a lot of my wife's been working from home for <clears throat> the last three months and all right she's stuck in a room doing it and she's not engaging physically with people but she's doing a job all right yeah i th- I, I think it's here to stay as well because you know you, you you know to set something like this up you know traveling and, and getting paid to travel and um you know going having a, a building to actually film it in etc etc it costs doesn't it yeah um, and is it gonna go well actually it's cheaper you know to speak to die in Merthyr Tidville, and you've got Derek up in Scotland and wherever, it's free. They don't have to pay travel expenses. We can have this chat. And in fact, yeah. I could be in my pyjamas and uh, and do what I want. Like So <laughs> even though hopefully this you know, it will all be gone sooner rather than later, I think things like Zoom are here to stay. I do think as well, you know, the fact that we wear these masks, a lot of people are going to keep doing it, you know, uh, a la Japan. Japan do have done it for you know, decades really. And I think, you know, this world's going to change because of it. There's going to be a lot of change over the next couple of months and couple of years, I think, which is, uh, yeah, interesting, scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're going to be feeling the effects of it, I think, for for a while. But I've, I've just started, um, just because there is no acting work at the moment, I've started teaching acting for camera at, uh, at Italia Conti Drama School in South London. Wow. Um, which is which is quite fun, um, but it's like it's l- the the first kind of trip down there on the tube and on the trains to get there was like that was a bit I could feel I could feel myself wanting to like claw at the walls and just kind of get out of there. It was yeah. like it was just a bit it was just a bit scary being around people again because it's been so long, you know. <laughs> we, we we were talking in the in the build up, Jack. About, I went up to Glasgow uh, this weekend, last weekend to commentate, and I did. I went up on the plane, and on the plane in particular, I felt, oh my god, this is. I don't feel safe, you know. And then you yeah. know when you get off the plane and and you get onto like a, a shuttle bus. Yeah. So we're all spaced out on the plane. Then you get on a small shuttle bus. All of a sudden, for the next five minutes, I was crammed in with a load of people with the masks on. I was like, what's the point of separating on the plane when now I've got a guy in my face like this breathing on me? You know, yeah. the, the one thing that I don't understand is, right, and, and this is all from something I've seen online. Now, I know we're not supposed to take everything that we see online. Take it with a pinch of salt then. But I saw um, it was an article, and it was about... It, they, they weren't trying to debunk the whole thing. It wasn't saying that it wasn't real, but... It came down to the safety of people. And one of the things it was saying was it had a list of uh, different types of masks and what the purposes those masks were for. So the first mask was, say, World War II gas mask, and it was like a ho- over-the-head glass or whatever that was there, and then one to the side. And then a coal miner's mask, same type of thing with two. Then a person who sprays cars for a living another one with two um radioactive mask was a big helmet thing with one down the front and then the deadliest virus known to mankind was a bit of cloth over your face now i don't really understand that so i can totally appreciate when you say in there that you're in that you're basically in i think it was uh, lee evans the comedian who did a, a sketch about being in a a tin can in the uh, fifty thousand feet or thirty thousand feet up in the air and then sitting on a seat and somebody else's 
fart comes out and you're just sitting there in this tin can full of farts. It's the same type of thing. What if you're sitting in a tin can full of coronavirus and all you've got is a bit of cloth over your face? I mean, come on, how is that going to protect you? So, it, I, At least you can't smell the fart. <laughs> <laughs> That's or true. Or taste it. Or taste yeah. it. <laughs> Here's a bright sight. Here's a bright sight. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk a little bit about your career, Jack, because uh, you've been in some phenomenal things. Uh, we were talking off air again a bit about um, the massive successes that you've been in. But one one thing I want to ask you about is 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 Bang, the bilingual series that has been on S4C. That I mean, that must be quite fun to do. Uh, it's certainly gone down really well here in Wales. Yeah, it's done. Um... It's done really well, and it's over. It's it's been shown over in the states now on Acorn TV, which is quite exciting as well. Um, yeah, and it's like it's. I th- I think the second season's even better. Um, I think that there's just like so much stuff going on. It's like, and it's really gory this time, and I don't mind a little bit of gore. Um, but for me, I f- I found it, I found it quite tough at first because I'm. I'm a second language Welsh speaker and in it I have to speak Welsh and English and kind of flip between the two. Um, I, I can remember my first two weeks on set on that first series, I can remember breaking down crying after a scene and you've just been sat in, in the car with uh, Catherine Stewart, who's like my police partner in it. I'm just like breaking down to her going, I'm so bad at this. I don't know what I'm doing. Please, why why did they cast me? And then going to the producer and saying, you've made a massive mistake. Um, to which they were just like, it's fine. Don't worry. You'll be all right. I've, I've the, the weekend now and you'll be fine. And um, and then I was after that. I kind of got the the pressure off. Like I took took the pressure off, off myself a bit, but bloody hell trying to get your your head around some of the some of the welsh words that i might not have spoken before and you know doing that as as a second language welsh speaker and someone that used to struggle with a stutter when he was 10 i mean bloody hell i really struggled with it but um it's, it's a good time it's a really good time it's not it's not the easiest language is it really and i i've i've been speaking welsh since as long as I can remember, my father's side of the family were Welsh, my mother's were, were English and um, English speaking, sorry. And even now, you know, when I do like if I do comms, commentary or something in Welsh, commentary in English is hard enough, right? And I struggle with that. But in Welsh, because you're trying to f- you're trying to find that word and you're trying to mm-hmm. put it into context. And by the time you've thought of that word and putting it into context, the ball's the other side of the field and something else is happening, <laughs> you know. But I think in your feet, don't you? And it's it's it is so difficult there. So you know, I can uh, I can sympathise with you on that one. That's for sure. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. I had one director ask me to improvise in Welsh, and I just went, "Oh, <laughs> that's not happening." <laughs> it was like I could just I could I could feel myself instantly start start to sweat. Um, but yeah, as far as far as band goes, and Kyle and Kyle will tell you a bit about it. It's um. It's about a brother and a sister. The sister works for the police. The brother's uh, a bit down on his luck and uh, finds a gun. Um, and it's uh, it's just how those two lives kind of intertwine and how we are trying to hunt down this gunman. Um, I play a police officer in it. I probably should have mentioned that as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, police officer Luke Lloyd. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and it's uh, I think I think the first the first time around that we did it, um, I was told that he 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 was like this gym buff of a of a character, and I can just remember thinking, oh bloody hell, I am not in shape for this. <laughs> and so when it came to the second season, I just like I must have trained because because they told me like about a year in advance they were like, oh yeah yeah, it's gonna happen soon. And so I just absolutely came the gym for about a year and just showed up on set like probably a stone heavier than what I've ever been before and really uncomfortable. But bloody hell, I look good. I, I was wondering all those scenes, all those scenes we were shooting, I was wondering why those nice detective shirts were so tight on you. That's the reason that we got here. <laughs> and he's playing that swap jersey nice, isn't he? He is, he's... Fitting snugly into the Swansea jersey, isn't it? I know, my old fucking Swansea jersey. Are you, are you a Swansea fan? Even, you know, you're from Merthyr. Who do you follow the, with your rugby? So, I, I follow Ospreys now. Um, just because it's difficult to kind of follow local club. Um, but I used to follow Swansea. Uh, just because I, I can remember being a kid and, like, we'd... Me and my grandparents would go down to Swansea and we'd sit in Verdi's and so we'd always have to pass... St. Helens on, on the way. And so it was just always, I just always associated it with, with good things. And then like, you know, Scott Gibbs played for, played yeah. for Swansea and Colin Chavez. And like, you know, they were some of my favorite players. So I always thought, uh, yeah, yeah. So I've always been a Swansea fan and then became an Ospreys fan. So, so my favorite player that I ever played for Swansea was when it was club. Arwell Thomas. He was my favourite Fonzie player. Oh, what a player. Oh, what I loved player. him. I'm sure you Sean and Shane, you know you know him quite well or Yeah. Nice bloke. Yeah, yeah he's a, yeah, cheeky chappy. Uh he's cheeky chappy. Played against him. Yeah, Mercurial, wasn't he? He was um he, he was uh how can I say? He did things that no other outside half could do. He was much smaller, slighter than than other outside halves. Um, probably had a few tune-ins on the field there, given a couple of belts himself, hasn't he? But uh, <laughs> no, he was, he was just different as a player. Well, a few Welsh caps, did really well for Swansea over the years. Um, and I remember beating Neath final day of the season to win the league. Either team, whoever won it, would have won the league. And uh, Arwell Thomas basically kicked our ass on that day and won it. So, uh, yeah, he's a good man. Good man, Arwell. Still about Trebanos boy, isn't he? Local boy, yeah, Tamanas boy, yeah, he uh, he had the ability to do to do that win a game. That's why he played ten for Wales. Remember, he didn't he go under the sticks up in Murrayfield and took the yeah. ball all the way to the dead ball line, and it's one yeah. of the biggest dead ball areas, Murrayfield in a shame. And yeah. uh, anybody who was watching was like, "What's he doing? Put it down!" <laughs> and he took it all the way to the dead ball line because he was like just a bit different, sort of a, a little bit like a Cipriani type character you know just a bit different mercurial as Shane says but uh, yeah that Swansea team is a good team and one long after we formed the Ospreys of course and we took the pick of those um, to start the Ospreys yeah it's yeah. good stuff listen um, Jack we, we, we have to talk to you about Mood Dogs um, massive um, massive moment for you um, how, how did the part come about and, and um, what's it been like since you've had all the acclaim um, <laughs> it was the part right. The part came about because I'd been emailing a casting director called Simone Pereira Hind, uh, who's Scottish. Um, 
and a lovely, lovely woman. Um, I'd been emailing her for about two years, and she was always really kind to me. Would always like say, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll have have a look at your stuff," and she always did, and she always replied. And then, out of nowhere, I got this this audition for a self tape for for Moon Dogs. So I sent it off, and I thought, oh, right, you know, that'll that'll be fine. I probably won't won't hear it off it again." And then I had a phone call off my agent and I was working in a cinema at the time. And I had a call off my agent to tell me that Phil, the director, was in uh, was in London and he fancied a pint with me. And that was how I found out that I'd uh, basically got the part like maybe a week or two before they started filming. And then it was just an absolute whirlwind of just filming for five, six weeks in every single day, which I loved. Um, and just traveling around Glasgow and right the way up to Shetland, which is like a 14 hour ferry, <laughs> which is lovely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, you know, it was, it was a great, great experience. And when, and when we were in Shet- Shetland, I, I thought, right, I want to see a Shetland pony and I want to see a puffin and I want to have the fish and chips because apparently the fish and chips are really nice. Um, Managed to have the fish and chips for first night. Shetland ponies are absolutely everywhere. The only thing that I hadn't seen was a puffin. And <laughs> we were doing this scene. We were doing this scene on a boat. And then at the end of the scene, and they they didn't use this footage in, in the film, because it's prob- probably lucky. At the end of the scene, a puffin flew past. And my face just kind of like dropped, because I was like, I checked everything off off my my list because we weren't allowed to go and see see the puffins because we didn't have time because we were only up there for like two days um, but yeah it was lovely it was a really lovely experience lovely crew lovely cast like you know it was it's probably one of the best filming experiences i've i've ever had um and i've kept like really good mates from it and that's how i got bang is because phil the director got me in for bang um because I don't know if I would have been seen for like a Welsh language thing at that time. Yeah. Uh, if you, but yeah. But um, if you'd have gone in the chip shop and asked for puffin and chips, you'd have done it straight away then. Hang on. Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't got a follow up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till we have a couple of beers. Shit, you're a oh. double act. <laughs> but, um, it, it, but I was going to ask you that, Jack. That um, it, uh, you know, when when something like that comes along, it, it I know, obviously we've had Phil on the podcast, but does it open other doors? Is it like that? You know, we talked to lots of actors. Obviously, we you know we know Kyle really well, and there are long periods without work. You know, it must be really mentally tough at least for the rugby player the times that they experience that is when they're injured for actors they have a period maybe where the phone doesn't go or you, you know the call doesn't come you know when you hit on a seam do you find that then the offers come in or is it just back to to, to ground zero as it were again um it's weird it's really weird because i i won the i won the after camry for for moon dogs and then one i'd also won the newport beach film festival like in california i found out that i'd won best actor at that which was like i'd never really won anything for for acting it was just like the thing that i did didn't it um and i thought ah oh, bloody hell this 
this could could be it now and this this could be like you know things could start happening but then i didn't work for like nearly a year and there's no rhyme or reason behind that it's just it just wasn't happening and then 2019 rolled rolled around and i didn't stop working then and it is like it it's it's kind of swings and swings and roundabouts and so after 2019 i was really excited for 2020 <laughs> like you know <laughs> Uh, good job at it <laughs> I'm, mate, I'm exactly the same that i didn't i haven't won any awards for acting or anything um i just i say that's down because the the boards hasn't haven't seen me in anything yet but when i was in pride i thought that was the one i was like oh you're walking into a room with all these like famous household british actors and you have a decent part and then the film goes on to be so successful and you think yes i'm gonna get work off the back of this do you know what i mean i'm gonna get some big jobs and it was the same i think i had in the next year i had one play with the national uh national theater wales that is and and i didn't have any like tv work or anything for ages and it can get it can get you down mate can it like you know you're, you're just thinking like all oh, right i gotta oh, go yeah. i gotta go back to this especially when like i used to live in london as well i gotta go back to this call center or i gotta go and apply for a job in this bar or this restaurant type of thing so it's um it is is totally yeah. a surreal way to live it's very um what's the word it's not invariable which is a new word that i learned thanks to holly over the weekend um invariable means it's, it's consistent so- or the same wales <laughs> yeah i can come up with some pearlers it, it uh, shane and i have experienced a little bit of it obviously we, we're fortunate we've got other interests but when shane was playing i was coaching i suppose just crack on you know if something like this happened then you know as the ospreys know you it wouldn't really benefit you as much right no crows but we'd be working now we're sort of freelance entrepreneurs if you like you know but uh, freelance with the media and we do a lot of events we do a lot together we do a lot separately and the events had stopped and tv and rugby had stopped for a while you get we've had a flavor of what you boys have experienced you know it's um and it's it's pretty bloody tough and you know when you're used to working and you like working you like the stuff that you do it's it's we found it tough shane i i know you and i've immersed ourselves in other projects but you know, I, I found it quite difficult, you know, because we, we do something most weeks, don't we? Yeah, it, it, it is hard. And, and I can relate to the boys as well, because after um, my famous part in Stella, where I was at Dick the Kick's funeral, uh, <laughs> my part in, I heard nothing back. Well, I, I still haven't heard nothing back. I think I was 10 years ago. So <laughs> we do have our dry periods, but you know, all that. Um, yeah, look, it's, no, I'm serious. Um, it is hard, uh, Sean. You know, I've properly, you know, till rugby uh, came back, really. Um, you know, my last game was in March, uh, so I've had to miss that pretty much until the season at, at the end of the season and the new start of the season, which is which is difficult uh, when you've been doing rugby for twenty odd years. Um, and and of course, our, our life and what we do, we do events, we do dinners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and when that gets taken away from you, you know, it's, it is very difficult because it's, you know, it's, it's how you earn, it's how you, you know, you make your crust and, and it is very difficult. And for me, in a way, I, I did find it hard because I'm used to being busy. I'm used to being on the road all the time, here, there and everywhere. 
And then next thing you know, you're pretty much literally stuck in the house, not allowed to go out of the fear of endangering your family. Um, so that I did find that hard, I found it really hard. But at the same time, I found, you know, I, I could do things with my kids that I, I haven't been able to do probably since they've been born, you know, spend time with them, um, do things around the house and the garden and and really get to know them properly because you know what it's like, Sean, in the rugby world, when you're playing, you're away every weekend, you're training, you know, nine till five. You don't see the family properly. You've got World Cups to contend with. You've got away games. You've got Lions tours, et cetera, et cetera. And before you know it, your kids are nine, ten years of age. So it is hard. But at the, at the same time, I've really enjoyed lockdown. Um, you know, the garden's looking fantastic. Um you know the beans are growing and uh, and the family's happy and safe. So, you know, silver linings and all that. Roll on twenty twenty one though. Knowing you, you have a, a beanstalk with a bloody giant golden egg at the top of it, or golden <laughs> bollocks. But anyway, <laughs> Jack, what's, um, is there anything in the pipeline, boy? I mean, uh, as tough as it is, have you been working on anything or working towards um, something? To be honest, since since lockdown, it's been. It, ha- it has been quiet, but I've been I've been writing a bit, which is quite nice, um, and I've been enjoying that, uh, and that's been a kind of creative outlet, which is you know, I think I think that we all need at some at some point. So that's that's given me a bit of go forward, and so I'm kind of sending scripts around to people now, um, much to like, basically being pushed by my missus to do it because she's a theatre director and so she'll read them and luckily she's i hope she's honest with me because otherwise i'm sending scripts out to people and they're just like that's embarrassing isn't it um <laughs> but um yeah so I've, I've been kind of keeping myself self busy and just you know trying not to get down because it's like i i love i love being busy i just like i like having stuff to do <laughs> and whereas you know i haven't i'm not i'm not much of a gardener and in London, I am God a garden, so, so that's useless <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's just I I feel I feel kind of prepared for this kind of life, though. You know, like being being an actor, you do have moments like like Kyle said, where you you don't do anything. There's just nothing. Bloody hell, I'm painting such a bleak picture. Imagine listening to this going, oh, yes, I want to be an actor. And then it's just us going, <laughs> yeah, nothing happens, really. Oh, maybe. <laughs> like, oh. Can't, can't be any mind. worse than that uh, promo that the government put out today with uh, Fatima, the ballerina. Oh, the world's been in uproar. I don't know if any of you have seen that, boys, today, but uh, we won't go on about it. But, uh, but no, yeah, I totally know what I mean. It's, it is a difficult choice, mate. But, you know, there's one thing that I've learned, though, is Everybody I know, either have trained with or went to school with, every Welsh actor I know seems to do well. Not just the Potalbert ones, they all say, oh, there's something in the water in Potalbert. But people who I grew up with in Potalbert who've gone on, um, yourself, uh, Cathy, Scott Arthur, uh, lots of people from Wales. We all seem to do well and in Wales, but outside of Wales as well. And it's nice, it's really nice to see... And like I know, Sean uh, has lots and lots of colleagues and friends in in his industry. But uh, one thing that I like about us lot is we always champion each other when we're working yeah. or when we're out of work. We'll always be looking to do other things, like you say. And now you, you your missus is keeping you honest and making sure those scripts are decent before you send them out. But um, 
But yeah, it's it's brilliant. Uh, and I, I hope that uh, everything goes well for you and me, really, because I'm in the same boat. Except I haven't got the intellect yeah, what, to, to write any scripts. <laughs> what about me? Well, yeah, you yeah, two are back in work now, boys. Come on, I didn't see you mixing <laughs> cement every day. Come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, they told me work from home, but Amy had a problem with a cement mixer in the living room. <laughs> oh, sure. Come out. You're out, there. Oh, there we are. Yeah. Sound. You were part of that. <laughs> right, listen, Jack. It's been absolutely brilliant having you on today, mate. It's been wonderful catching up, but we can't let you go now without asking you a couple of questions that we ask all our guests, whether they're from the showbiz world or the rugby world. So the first question I want to ask is you've got three movies and they are the only movies you can watch for the rest of your life uh, in lockdown, if that's where we're going to spend it. What are those three movies going from number three to number one? Number three, Sounds of the Lambs. Oh, straight in there with Mr. Hopkins. Nice. Oh, yeah, you got to. Yeah, I watched it last, last week and it's just like, I think that might be the best performance ever put to screen um i i love it uh number two is ah uh, singing in the ring he's awesome he? oh my god what i answer. love watching gene kelly i just think he's i i would like to have been gene kelly <laughs> i would <laughs> i think you think you are sometimes have, have a look at his thighs right have a look at his thighs <laughs> Genuinely, no. He had big thighs, in, right? Because he's a da- hell of a dancer. And you look so much some of his films. Um, what's that one, Jack? Uh, uh, Boys Away or um, Land of Hoya? He's a sailor, anyway, with Frank Sinatra. Anchors Away. Anchors, Anchors away. away. There you go. <clears throat> and he has to do some incredible dance routines, uh, which he choreographs. Lovely voice, poise, good-looking chap, lovely set of gnashes on him, um, charisma. Beautiful. I just would, but Gene, I, I, I want to come back as Gene Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to Google that. Gene, oh. Gene, yeah. You sure? Honestly, Watch Anchors Away, mate. It's brilliant. And Singing, singing in, the in the Ring. Singing brilliant. in the Ring. Yeah. Um, look up, go on YouTube, right? And this is for everyone. Go on YouTube and type in Summer Stock Dance. Um, and just watch him. Like, he does, he does this, he does this dance uh, where he basically he tears newspaper with his with his feet and he dances with it. It's honestly incredible. You will not believe how talented that man is. Oh, he's awesome. Gene Kelly, fantastic. It's brilliant. Number one? Who else is a really good tap dancer? Christopher Walken. Yes, he's, a, he's, a, he's a trained dancer, isn't he, Christopher Walken? Yeah. Normally many yeah, people man. know that. Video. Really good dancer. He's Christopher Walken. Yeah, what do you say, Shane? He's in the Fat Boy Slim video. He's in the yeah, that's video, it. Yeah, you could go with this, or you could go with that. That he's doing all that. Yeah, Chris, Christopher Walker, and he's uh, he's a trained dancer. I didn't know. I well, I did know that a few years ago, but I was really really surprised when uh, when I found that out. Yeah, he likes to train dance. with his dance moves from time to time. There's <laughs> 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 another, no, another impression for you. It's nice. It's French guy. No, he's not French. He's American. Shut up, Shane. What's your impression? Then? <laughs> you dick the kick. Who dick the kick? Uh, yeah, I do dick the kick. I can do that for you. Well, no, you can't do dick the kick because dick the kick was dead. It was his favorite. <laughs> yeah, I can do it for you. Look at this. Look. 
That's probably my best impression I've ever done. <laughs> What's your number one, Jack? Come on. Uh, number one is a film called The Birdcage. Yeah, Robin Williams. That, that Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams, Nathan Lane. I think that's pro- probably the funniest film that's ever been made. Like wow. I, I don't, I don't care what anyone says. I can put that film on and I can piss myself laughing every single time. <laughs> he was, he was one of the greats. So Robin Williams, anything that he he put his name to was just, you know, you can think Skull. of all is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Who would have known? Who would have known? Eh? Struggled all his life. Yeah. Yeah, no. got to talk, boys. Us men, we got to yeah. talk. Definitely. But last question for you, Jack, mate, is after you've won your main BAFTA and your Golden Globe and your Oscar, and there's a film being made about you and your life, who is playing you? And you can go actors who are with us or actors who ha- are not with are not with us anymore. You know, I I'd really want. A young Jack Nicholson to play me. Nice. Yeah. Just because it would be entertaining as hell, wouldn't it? <laughs> entertaining. Well, doing a Welsh accent would be entertaining. Exactly. And even if my life story's boring as hell, he'd, he'd make it interesting. Let's here's, have that. A, here's, here's a task for you then, Kyle. Do a Welsh speaking Jack Nicholson. Impossible. I'd have to hear it first. <laughs> hey, do you want, want acting jobs or what? <laughs> yeah, but not as Jack Nicholson. He's playing himself. He's still with us. <laughs> Here's Johnny. Maybe <laughs> yeah, use Johnny, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah, yes, Johnny, like that. Brilliant. Uh, Jack Barry Jones, thanks so much for joining us on this week's uh, episode of Tuesday Club. It's um, it's great to, to be able to have you on and promote uh, such a fine young Welsh actor, successful. I know at the moment you're working towards some writing and stuff and do some teaching but I'm sure there's other big things around the corner and uh, look after yourself and your missus and uh, say hello to your mum and um, we champion what she's doing on the front line as a, as a national health worker but uh, thanks for joining us this week on Tuesday Club Awesome, thank you very much for having me boys it's been lovely 